So here we go. Yo, this is what's happening. <laughs> Sorry to use that yo line for such a serious topic. But here in Queens in New York City and in many of the other boroughs in America's largest and most populated metropolitan area, which includes three states, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, actually four if you, you count Connecticut in the mix that is in there, the uh, numbers of fatalities due to COVID uh, have increased, not in terms of the number of people who actually died from COVID, but the number of people who died from all different causes, leading to hospitals now returning to the use of morgue trucks in New York City. What am I trying to explain to you here? Basically, there are people who die every day in a city of what we have now as about 9.4 million people. There is a mortality rate for the number of people who die. And because there are a lot of people calling in sick because of COVID-19 or not being allowed to work because they have the Omicron virus, even though they are asymptomatic or having mild symptoms, they're not allowed to come in and work in the hospitals, even if they're dealing with just dead bodies. So the morgues are piled up. So what hospitals under the New York City Health and Hospitals program are having to do right now is take the bodies, pile them up in ice refrigerated trucks and wait until they have enough employees to be able to process the bodies. Not all of these fatalities or mortalities are COVID related directly, but they are indirectly related to COVID. So here's basically what happens. Let's say somebody has a heart attack, they go to the hospital. Unfortunately, they didn't make it in time, they pass away. They're not a COVID death technically, but part of the reason that they may have not exactly been in the best of health is they weren't able to visit their doctor on a regular basis. Their doctor's clinic was closed. They didn't get the best amount of care. So somehow it's all lumped into the COVID death toll. And then you have other cases where people who come in, they've been suffering from, you know, the, the effects of uh, the Delta variant, which is the deadly variant. Delta is deadly. Remember that. Delta, deadly. Delta, deadly. Omicron is also a dangerous thing. You have to be careful with Omicron. Omicron, if you're obese. Omicron, if you're a diabetic. Omicron, if you, you have a comorbidity, can be a dangerous thing. But if you're vaccinated, if you have, uh, you know, followed the, the basic protocols as far as dealing with this sickness, then there's less chance of you having a problem with the Omicron virus. So essentially, essentially, what is being said to us by New York City Health and Hospitals, according to a report in the New York Post, is that the body trucks are back and most importantly, that uh, they are dealing with a problem of a increased toll in the number of bodies piling up in New York City due to COVID. Now, about a year ago at this time, more than a year ago at this time, we were dealing with this on a much worse scale. I was doing reports for the Philippine Daily Inquirer 
uh, based out of here, uh, Philippine Inquirer Television based out of here. And the person I was doing the reports for was, was a lady who since passed away, ironically, due to cancer. Um, and and uh, she was talking about, you know, the the situation. She, she was having me report on that situation. And uh, the, the body problem or the body count problem was a huge problem at that time. So let's take a flashback and let's remember what it was like a year ago today as the bodies piled up back then due to the virus. You know, at that time, it was a, it was a, it was a really, really bad thing in Potter's Fields and in other areas. People had, you know, uh, big problems as they dealt with the total number of fatalities or mortalities due to COVID. Trenches were literally, you know, several blocks long. Hundreds of bodies were piled into these long, endless trenches. Uh, in places around uh, New York State where they uh, bury the bodies in what are known as potter's fields. Uh, these are these are people who are impoverished and can't afford a funeral. Um, and, 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 and in many cases, many of those who died from the COVID uh, virus a year ago or were, were, who were not claimed by relatives, um, well, that that was a problem then. And it is still a problem now, uh, but it is much, much less of a problem, obviously. It's found to be storing dead bodies in unrefrigerated trucks on Wednesday According to a Reuters eyewitness and local news reports, New York media say the bodies were found after neighbors reported an odor coming from the trucks. ABC News reports about 100 bodies were stored in U-Haul vehicles. They also say the owner of Andrew T. Cleckley Funeral Services said the freezer that normally stores bodies had stopped working. The city of New York later delivered a freezer truck to the funeral home. ABC did not identify the owner, and no one at the funeral home was immediately available for comment. So that was what it was like one year ago. With so many bodies at funeral parlors, funeral homes, that they literally were, were, were you know, smelling up the streets, even in the freezing cold of winter. And it was a cold winter last year. You know, that's that's one year ago. And and now, according to the reporting of the New York Post, the same problem has returned. But this time, due to the lack of people who are uh, working in the hospitals, um, you know, showing up for work because of because of because of all of the problems that they are facing now some say we are nearing the end of some of the aspects of the virus that it is getting better there are less problems ahead uh but that may not be the case very much so as we keep an eye on what is going on and uh, you know 
this, this entire situation with uh, with uh, what is happening um, as far as um, you know the, the bodies piling up and this report from the uh, uh, New York Post and of course you know we're, we're looking at the story we're trying to figure out what's going on and see what exactly they're talking about when, when they uh, when they discuss this problem so again it has returned the funeral parlor frozen trucks uh, are back on the streets of new york city at many hospitals because of the problems that many of the funeral homes are are having um, and this is something that people just have to understand that not all the deaths because of COVID uh, or or that that are that are due to COVID were actually directly one hundred percent caused by the Omicron virus or the Delta variant version but uh hey you know these things uh these things do happen and uh in fact you are probably more at risk uh looking at the problems of of crime in many places being a victim of crime than of becoming a fatality from COVID. and uh that is that is just the reality right now that, that we face in many cities throughout the United States, some of the statements that are that are, you know, uh, being talked about are are being talked about in many different ways. Uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, you know, held her briefing a little while ago. Let's take some of that briefing and listen in as to to what the governor uh, has been saying on uh, this topic. And uh, you know. one year ago tomorrow, one of the first state-run mass vaccination sites opened here on our campus as well at the university at Albany. As a public research-run institution, U Albany has also been very proud to play a leading role in understanding and addressing the pandemic through our research in public health, education minority health disparities, social welfare, public policy, and emergency preparedness, among others. Of course, none of this would have been possible without the strong and continued support from our city, our uh, our county, and our state leaders. So thank you all so very much. So let's listen to the briefing now. We are uh, speaking among ourselves. It might not be a bad idea if someone wants to innovate flannel-lined masks. Uh, certainly could probably sell a lot at the game in Buffalo on some Saturday night. Uh, also, I, I, was, uh, re- I was staring right at him. Uh, our county executive, Dan McCoy, who's been at so many events with me. We went out and visited a, uh, a site at the, uh, the mall, Crossgates Mall, not that long ago, and talked to the National Guard members there. And So I want to thank you for being the extraordinary partner, you and your health department 
have been on the front lines of this from the very beginning. And so I just wanted to give you a special shout out and tell everybody who's part of your team, uh, we're getting through this and we're getting it through because of great work with counties like Albany. So thank you. Thank you, County Executive. All right, so, uh, and I wanted to thank SUNY Albany, as I mentioned, the RNA Institute. You always hear about RNA. Nobody knew, knew what it meant before this pandemic. And this is, uh, and I'm not gonna try to begin to explain, but I did have a chance to meet some of these individuals as I mentioned about our stamping up opportunity and a huge point of pride. And we're able to lure the director all the way from Florida to the better weather here in Western New York. And he tells me he loves uh, upstate New York, upstate New York. And, uh, he tells me likes it. So here's the news flash. Turning the corner. You heard it here first. I've been waiting to say that. Turning the corner. Look at the seven-day average of cases starting to decline. 47,000, 49,027 cases yesterday. Our highest point was how long ago? One week ago. Highest to lowest in a week thus far, and that lowest is going to continue to go down. We had over 90,000 cases one week ago today. 90,000 people tested positive in the state of New York, 49,000 right now. So that is a very positive trend. And I believe we'll be able to keep that going. And I want to thank New Yorkers. Thank you for hanging in there with us through 2020, 2021, hopefully not too much of 2022 and it's because you got vaccinated you wear your masks kind of griping a little bit about it. i hear it uh, in my own household sometimes but you've all done the right thing and that is why uh, we'll be at the uh the forefront of the states seeing this long awaited much anticipated decline so um, very good news i am waiting a long time to be able to say this so turning the corner on the winter surge. Positivity is declining. Uh, we are now at 16.3%. Again, our peak was a few days ago on January 3rd, 23% positivity. Those were very high numbers. And at that point, we did not know whether we're going to continue up. We start going down and started going down. So very good news to hear today hospitalizations as well as deaths. We saw, we've known all along, we see this, that these are lagging indicators of positive cases. So there's no surprise, uh, but we are starting to see a decline of our hospitalizations down about 20, um, 245 down since the day before. So that's good, more people out of the hospitals, better still about 12,000. And they're still too high. I mean, 12,000 is not something that we are saying is a positive news story. It is still very high, but this will eventually catch up with the trend that's just beginning. So that's what we're talking about. And 177,000 lives were lost because of this pandemic. And that is still too high. And we pray and hope that the trends down quickly, very soon. So we're expecting, uh, let's take a look at regional hospitalizations as well, because upstate and downstate, a little bit different story here. Upstate is still not out of the woods yet. Downstate, Numbers are trending down. See New York City, Long Island at the top there. That's the trend you want to see. Uh, we're still having issues in central New York, Mohawk Valley, uh, western New York's flattening out a little bit there. So we're watching those very closely, and that is why we took quick action when we realized that the high positivity rates, particularly in areas that don't have as high vaccination rate, that is a bad combination. High infections, low, lower than should be vac uh, vaccinations. 
Uh, that's the combination we look at. Then we look at hospital capacity, which you've heard me talk about nonstop through this whole process. And we had to suspend elective surgeries on a two-week basis. Again, not, not forever, but on a two-week basis, we evaluated every Thursday and decide what we're going to do. And we had to look at a region now. So there could be more transports between hospitals. So one hospital may not be able to do it because they're below our 10% threshold but other ones need to also have space freed up so we could transfer people to them because otherwise we'd have no options. So we're just always trying to stay ahead of this. So we have non-elective surgeries in the Finger Lakes, Central New York and Mohawk Valleys now temporarily. So now we also started talking about a different metric and looking at our hospitalizations. I believe we're the first state that recognize uh, that, you know, what people are being admitted for uh, is, it varies between regions, but we started talking about hospitalizations of, um, were they all in there because people are that sick from COVID? Did COVID drive them to the hospital? Was it all COVID symptoms that resulted in them having to be admitted? And what we found out at least a week ago, we started asking this question and now other states are asking as well, are there people admitted for non-COVID reasons who always get tested, you arrive, you're tested and happen to test positive but are asymptomatic? And that was some very important dynamic for us to just another metric for us to look at to assess the severity of the situation. So basically statewide is about 42%. Uh, right now it's 43 is about 42% statewide. We started collecting the data. So we're going to start getting more information on that as well. Uh, so we'll see that and how we know all this because we're testing, we're testing, testing, testing. And I don't know if there's another state that has as many tests secured. Uh, this is incredible. I said, I want every test that's out there. We've secured, I remember making the announcement, we're going to have 10,000 test kits. Oh my gosh, we're now going to have 13,000 up to 35, then we went up to 49, 64 million tests. Now these are just the ones that are being tested at sites. We get them in the schools, we get them in nursing homes, we get them in our facilities, places like here, congregate facilities. This does not include all the home testing that's going on as well. So it's hard to make an assessment of what that really means because people are keeping that information generally themselves. But my theory is, and again, it's just a theory that people are doing home tests and they test negative. They're keeping that information themselves. Like, okay, fine. I'm good. I'm going back to work. I'm going back to school. And the ones who test positive at home are more likely then to present themselves just for a retest at a, an official site to make sure they can uh, uh, validate that. So there may actually may be a higher number of people who would be negative tests, but we just don't have that data points. So all we have is the data to work with what is officially collected, what is assessed at places like here at the RNA Institute. And that's what we're looking at. So we're going to continue getting more tests out the door, 15 million already out. 2 million more going to schools. Again, why are they going to schools? It's all part of our strategy, which was implemented before children came back to school after the winter break. So if someone in the class tests positive, they don't, they don't all have to quarantine for 10 days, disrupting all of them, which is what was going on for such a long time to the detriment of these poor kids and parents who thought they were going to get back to their jobs, who are having their lives disrupted again, and the teachers just so uncertain with what's going on. So we give them test kits at school, they test at home, test negative, they're back in school. That's what the test to stay is all about. So we'll be giving more to schools very soon. And I also want to thank uh, Siemens Health and Ears for their help in making this happen. This has been, as I said, a military style operation. This company based right in Terrytown. So we're taking advantage of our local companies 
and places like Pfizer, as I've mentioned before, calling them up, saying when you start selling your, your medication to more than just the federal government, remember your New York residents, we want to get our hands on it first. We've already made those calls. So that's what's going on right now. I mentioned the SUNY campuses. This was a very good innovation on our part in terms of really scaling up this winter surge strategy, finding more places that were available, especially campuses that have been testing students in the past. Students are on break for literally a month. Why not use that facility? We'll ramp it up with enough tests. And so uh, this is these are the sites we have now just added nine more community colleges, Niagara, Ulster, Monroe, Sullivan, Rockland, Empire State College, Saratoga location, Alfred, Downstate, and the Finger Lakes. And looking at where we have the highest need as well. And so that's what we're constantly doing at our, you know, many times a day conversations about this. So I want to thank SUNY and Quadrant, who's our testing partner on this as well. And we also have a partner in very high places. And that'd be President Biden. Well, we, you know, we know that the minute that topic goes to that person, uh, our listeners tend to want to turn off the podcast. So let's go back to this uh, thing. Again, that was Governor Kathy Hochul and, uh, you know, how New York State is dealing with the COVID crisis and, of course, uh, talking about all the different issues involved there. You can look at her uh, briefing that took place earlier today. This is from today, um, you know, uh, and and uh, her briefing on uh, the current crisis of COVID. Again, New York Post reporting the refrigerator trucks are back at New York City hospitals primarily because the number of people who have passed away either because of COVID or happened to catch COVID in the hospital or 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 the uh, uh, nursing staff, uh, medical staff, are just not there to be able to handle the processing of these mortalities. And, you know, it's not a laughing matter. It's, it's always serious. Uh, death is very final and very solemn and you know, our condolences to anyone who has lost somebody uh, with this latest variant. 177 people so far is the report for this week. Uh, 12,000 people in hospital, a total of 49,000 positive cases. That is down from over 90,000, according to uh, the governor. And uh, Kathy Hochul is, uh, you know, very, very much aware of the situation and, and how bad it is. But also we're aware of how it is improving. So. Uh, half the numbers, uh, basically uh, somewhere around a 40-something percentile figure in the number of COVID cases going down, according to the latest reports from the big lady, the boss lady of New York State, uh, Governor Hochul, who uh, is basically uh, working on this issue. I'm Mike of New York, and that has been an update. 